You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, there it is. Those beautiful horns. Let's get it today, fellas. Let's get it. What is up, everybody? And welcome into the DNBR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. That was kind of mid, guys. That was kind of mid. But whatever. It's a Thursday. Miroslav's fresh from vacation, so we'll get it. Was that bear horn? I don't even know what that was. I don't even know what it was. I don't know. It sounded like a duck that was like a trumpet. That was a trumpet. You, you, you miss Brandon so bad. <laughs> Already. Vote not with us today. Um, he's in Jersey. That sucks. That's, I'm not, I don't even give him undisclosed location. I just say, I just tell everybody where he is. I That's should give his address one. here. Um, we're presented as the armpit of America, as they call it. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up and then gamble on Summer League to make it more fun from this point forward. It's all you're going to want to do. Uh, to make the games a little bit better. You can see we are joined by a much more tan, slightly more handsome version of Miroslav, uh, the homie Miroslav, live from Serbia. Miroslav, uh, dobro večer. I've been tanning for 10 days in sunny Greece, <laughs> and I am now channeling my inner Steve Hess so I can be as beautiful as I can. So, yeah, you, you're welcome. Uh, does that mean later on you're going to take like your shirt off or something and scream <laughs> and, and do these things? Are you is, is, are you going for that move? Anything is possible. <laughs> Anything is possible indeed. Uh, from an undisclosed location, uh, we've got Harrison Wynn. I'm jealous because I just don't tan, as you guys know. I'm whiter than white. I've, I've never tanned in my life. So teach me your tricks, Miroslav. Please, please teach me your ways. I tan less than I used to, man. I used to be like, my kids now have this where they all, I guess they're just outside more than we are. I think it's underrated how much kids are running around in the sun and how little you do. But my kids are like chicharrones right now. They're so dark. Um, we have a lot to get into today, guys. It's not all going to be about Miroslav's vacation to Greece, although maybe we'll get a slight update there. I mean, <laughs> it would be good. Uh, we're going to talk about Calvin Booth and what he's done this offseason, kind of step back now that it's all done, extensions and everything. I don't think there's going to be another move. Although we'll wait and see. We'll talk about that and just whether or not he should get an extension now. Has he done enough to earn uh, Josh Kroenke's trust? We'll also talk about DeAndre Ayton, who is reported to be ready to sign a $133 million extension with the Indiana Pacers. The uh, Phoenix Suns will have a little bit over 48 hours to sort of match that and maybe eight hours to trade him if they want to do a sign and trade first. Donovan Mitchell, maybe to the New York Knicks. Kevin Durant, maybe to the Golden State Warriors. Ugh. Honestly, I'm worried it's picking up steam. We'll talk about that. Adam Silver lowering the age limit. Maybe we'll even get to that. And then later on, as he always does, Miroslav is going to educate us ahead of our trip to Serbia and let us know the most important information for us to survive our trip, as he's already done. He's it already only gets more important. It only, it only gets more important the more Serbian corners that we do. We're, we're building up to something, I, I think, pretty incredible. Yeah, and I, I'm going to get more vicious this time, so just just a heads up. <laughs> more vicious? <laughs> wow, that sounds really rough. Actually, we probably should just end this segment after last time. I've been telling them. <laughs> by the way, Miroslav, yeah. I've been telling everybody in the Nuggets organization that you ranked Jokic sixth all time and in, in Serbian players. So yeah. they, they are, yeah. every time I tell them, they're like, I don't ever want to talk to that guy. So you've made enemies. Was he f sixth or fifth? I mean, don't slight the guy. I think he was fifth. <laughs> By the end of the, the summer, I'm going to be like, he had him 38th on the all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but first guys, let's get into Calvin Booth. You know, we talked last night about the extension. Do you have any thoughts 
Miroslav about the extension of Kentavious. We'll talk about that piece specifically just to get out of the way. Did you have anything you wanted to add to the conversation? Uh, about the KCP extension? Yes. Yeah, well, of course, uh, as, as soon as the trade was, uh, was announced, there was also announced that there is a plan for the Nuggets to extend KCP because they know they, he has only one year uh, left on his deal and that, that was the plan from the beginning. And of course, they followed that through, which is, which is great. I wanted to, to say something about, I think we've been a bit unfair to the Nuggets front office when we talk about Jeremy Grant leaving, like they had no idea he will just leave. Uh, and, and and leave them with nothing. I think the thing is, uh, on, on the vice versa, the Nuggets front office wasn't that sure that they want to keep Jeremy Grant before that those playoffs. Because if you remember, he had a pretty clunky, clunky regular season on the Nuggets. And the first time he really exploded was in that Lakers series where, where he really showed the, his value for the future. And that was way too late because he already made his mind. He wasn't... Uh, a featured guy in the Nuggets rotation before that, for obvious reasons, because he wasn't good enough or he wasn't put in a in a good enough position to to be that way. So I want to say, I think uh, the Nuggets handled that one, you know, uh, almost equally well as they did with the extensions of of uh, Aaron Gordon and uh, and uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope because. In, they knew what they were doing with Aaron Gordon, of course, because they had him for half a season before the extension. And with KCP, they're obviously just, you know, uh, uh, on their way to 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 make him a, a, a long-term deal on the Nuggets. The one thing about it, though, I agree with you. Like <clears throat> the Jeremy Grant revisionist history is funny. I always get when I put out that tweet the other day that the Nuggets have their best starting lineup of the Jokic era. So many people were like, no, it's the one with Jeremy Grant. And I just want to be like, guys, no, that lineup actually wasn't good in the regular season. And it actually wasn't like their best lineup in the playoffs until the Lakers series, which is the one they lost. So they never played it before the playoffs. That's what people forget. Well, they, they had minutes. To, well, you're right. Very, very small playoffs. sample size. Very right. small. The five man lineup. Yes. But we still had minutes with Jokic and Jeremy Grant, a lot of minutes with them, and they wouldn't be what you would expect. Like right now, anybody you throw out there who's a good player with Jokic is going to have like a plus eight or better. And I think that one was like plus 0.6. Like it was surprisingly yeah. not good. So there's at least enough there to say maybe it wasn't the perfect fit. And I agree with you. Going into that offseason, I remember thinking of what the number was going to be, and we're like, it might get as high as $14 million. <laughs> It went up to like $20 million, and you're like, wow, that, that that's quite a bit. But – Nonetheless, the Nuggets traded away an asset to acquire him and then lost him for nothing. So that asset that they used, the was it a first-round pick? I can't even remember. I think yeah. it was yes, first-round first round pick. pick. Yeah. A first-round pick ended up being a one-year rental, and that's the fear that you have. Now, this time around, it was Monte and Will Barton. But nonetheless, even if it doesn't work out, even if it is like Jeremy Grant, when you have a guy under contract and they have value, some type of value, people will say, well, I can talk myself into that guy. I think Jeremy Grant would have been the same if they would have kept him for 20 million and it's the numbers were the same. I think somebody would have been like six foot nine, 40% three point shooter. We'll take a flyer on him. So that's all I mean to say is you're right that maybe it was okay to move on from him more than people thought, but nonetheless, it was still a strikeout in that way. This KCP thing no longer can be a strikeout like that. Yep. All right. Well, there you go. So um, well said. Nothing to add. <laughs> Great points all around. Harrison. <laughs> When Calvin, when Josh Kroenke spoke to the media, he was asked about Calvin Booth being on a final year of his deal. And he said, there'll be a press, like there'll be more news coming soon. Like we have an announcement to make. There has been no such announcement. He has not been extended. Now I'll be honest. I kind of get it. You want to go into an off season. If he's your guy, I don't think you want to hamstring yourself and commit to him not knowing how he was going to handle this. But now that the Nuggets roster has shaken out before we've even seen a game, I do feel like we can analyze and say, does he or doesn't he deserve a contract extension do you agree that we have enough information to know that and two yes or no yes i think we have enough information and definitely if he's going into his last year yeah you should extend him he should get an extension sometime before the season starts i'm not surprised we haven't seen news of a deal come across because yeah you want to wait to see what happens during the summer see what moves are made see how he handles himself in that role and then make a decision but i think 
we can pretty easily say that he's done a good job this offseason. He's handled his business well. And I think, you know, the Nuggets should definitely give him an extension. Now, if we're talking about bumping him up to a president of basketball ops, I think we should uh, hold off on that maybe. But an extension for another couple of years, yeah, sure. Well, the title is really more just you. it's nice to have something else to give, you know. Like, uh, I mean, these That's, things don't yeah, really exactly. mean anything. He's the top decision maker. It does feel like, one – you give him the extension and probably a bump in pay because now he's the top decision maker. So if he's your guy, you commit long, more long-term to him. Um, and then you have that Pobo to dangle out there maybe in a year's time or something like that, where you're like, you know what? We, we feel like this guy is our guy even longer term, which by the way, with the Cronkies resolving revolving shark teeth metaphor, I think it'd be taken a couple wrong ways. No, I'm serious. Cause I do think it's, you laugh, but it actually is their MO about how oh, they I do know. have people yeah. waiting in the wing. But that doesn't mean they are looking to discard guys. It means that they are willing to if the price goes too high. I say that to say I don't think the Cronkies look at it as anybody can do this job. They just look at it as we always want to have somebody else there so we're not vulnerable to this type of thing. That being said, if they do, I would expect if Calvin Booth does a good job, the Nuggets would want to commit to him long-term. I don't think they look at this as like, he's our guy for the next two seasons. They probably look at it as, we hope he's the guy for the next seven, eight, and beyond. Of course, of course. So yeah, I, I think you definitely extend him, definitely give him a bump in pay. He's earned it, I think, for what he's done this summer. And then, yeah, uh, maybe a year from now, maybe two years from now, or I bet in less than two years from now, the team might try to hire him as their president. And in that case, yeah, you have that ability to bump him up to president of basketball ops if that situation comes about. Gordon, I see you. We'll get to you at the end, buddy. That's a, that's a monster one. We appreciate it. We'll get to it in segment three. Um, Miroslav, do you agree? Does he deserve an extension based on what he's accomplished in his first six weeks? Yeah, what he has accomplished, he made three types of moves. He made some win-now moves in KCP and, and Bruce Brown. Then he made some, I don't know, win later moves with all of the rookies. And then he made a, you know, a DeAndre Jordan deal, which is, I, I have no idea what it was. But okay, okay. I, I'll cut him some slack because all the other moves, I mean, all the win now moves really feel good. Really, really good. I'm, uh, uh, I, I uh, gave a lot of heat to, to Calvin Booth at the beginning of the, of the offseason because it didn't start great. But then when, when we saw that Bruce Brown uh, move, I, I really liked it. I would like if he would have made less win later moves, but I get it. I mean, we spoke about, about how the Golden State Warriors built their championship team with like 15 guys they can count on. Well, that's right. not completely true because they, they, they had Moses Moody like and James Wiseman, who was injured all the time, and so on. But those guys were like lottery picks, so you cannot just waste them uh, away unless you trade them, of course. So i I would like I would have liked if they had one more win win now move. But I, I get it. I get the idea that they want to start with this this squad and then reevaluate by the trade deadline and see if they can use that trade ex exception. By the way, I want to. To, to call Jake about what is now the size of that trade except, exception because I think all the deals are now finalized or almost finalized. So we should know. I think what it's is still around 9 million though, right? Like the number, the point part of that might change a little bit, but I believe it's 9 million plus or minus change. Yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty handsome trade exception. You, you, can, you can land a pretty good top seven guy with that. So, so I'm optimistic. They, they they will use it at some point. So that, that could be a great, great move. I think the question, the question is, you know, does he deserve an extension? It's funny because you could be like, absolutely. And then you get on the court and this team isn't as good as you think. And I think that's that's one thing people that are maybe not as versed in the NBA might might throw out there. Why not just wait until Christmas to see how this team is and then and then make the move? The one thing I will say is I think you have to look at the moves did he do what he set out to do? Is this the thing that we believe was the right thing to do? 
And then everything from here is sort of basketball, right? Like we'll see what happens. And I think he said he was willing to get bold and, and maybe move some pieces that have been here a long time. Will Barton, the longest tenured guy, Monte Morris, certainly in that conversation of one of the most long, longest tenured guys. That was a, a bold move of sorts in that it was disrupting, willing to disrupt the continuity that they had built. And it brought in a player that we feel is better in KCP. Um, he talked about wanting defensive players. Very clear that he has an identity that he is going for. Like, the funny thing is, is I don't feel like we need any more time to understand Calvin Booth's MO. Like, I, I, I actually feel like we understand exactly what it is he believes the best version of the Nuggets are. So I think we can actually look at these moves and say he did what he said he was going to do, and he pulled him off. He pulled off the trade. He pulled off the move uh, for Bruce Brown. He drafted guys that fit at least the mold of what we're talking about, whether those guys hit or not, that's the biggest mystery, but he pulled off at least targeting those types of players. There's no um, Tyler Lydons in here that you're like, what is the thought process? We know what the thought process is with the guys they brought in. So for me, I think those things do warrant it, um, do warrant the extension. And I would expect it to come. Honestly, I, I genuinely expect it to happen over the next couple of weeks um, in part, because that's what Josh Kroenke said would happen. And now that the, I don't think anything has happened that would make him go back on that word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I would love for him to be bumped to the Pobo because that means that Tommy Bracelets would be a general manager. That would be great. I really like that guy. To Tommy Bracelets, man. I like him too. He was great. By the way, if you missed that show, Tommy. No, Tommy I didn't miss it. <laughs> Come on. I, was, I was in Greece. I wasn't on the moon. <laughs> I will say, um, you know, we've had Tim Conley on the show before. We've had Calvin Booth on the show before. We've had other people from the front office. I feel like Tommy's hour he spent with us was maybe the most illuminating of any of these ones. Meaning, like, Tommy really spoke openly, maybe more so than even than I expected. Um, but really, I just felt like he was good at conveying a vision uh, that they have for the team in a way that I'm like, if you're a Nuggets fan and you want to hear from them, whether you agree or disagree, I just thought he did a good job of saying, here's how it went down. Here's our thought process. Here's mm -hmm. what we think. And here's how we think it's going to play out. And it's always nice because it gives you something to sort of judge them by. Like, okay, we'll see what it is. Um, yeah. Is there any other thoughts you have here about Calvin Booth and, and just kind of – is there any chance, Harrison, a year from now we're going to look back at all these moves and be like, whoa, how are we so high on it? I mean, there's always a chance because nothing in the NBA ever seems to work out like you think it will. But is that going to be Calvin Boots' fault? I mean, I don't think so based on the moves that were made. Like, could KCP suddenly forget how to shoot? Sure. Right. It's not going to be Calvin Boots' fault for making that trade. Right. Um, like, is Bruce Brown going to get hurt? Maybe. Anybody could get hurt. But it's not going to be Calvin Boots' fault. Like, He's made all the right moves. And in two months on the job, like we have such a good understanding of what Calvin Booth wants to do with this roster and rotation. I think more maybe of an understanding than we did with the previous front office in six, seven years. So he's just coming with a very focused uh, approach and he's got specific goals in mind of what he wants to do. And he went out and executed them. And I, I think he's done a great job, honestly. Like, I think this was an a level off season. Um, it, it's funny when people talk about, yeah, the free agency didn't get off to a great start with Deandre Jordan. Well, look, it's not like Denver didn't survey the market and know which centers they could get for the minimum. And there was a very like short list of those. I think maybe you know DeAndre Jordan was the best of that group. But, but, well, first but. of all, by the way, I remember asking about Andre Drummond specifically, who's like a little bit. I don't like him either, but he's a better better than DeAndre Jordan. And the the comment was, yeah, but you couldn't get Bruce Brown then. Like that cut into your taxpayer MLE, and there just would not have worked. Like literally, right. would have had to choose one or the other. Like, let's not pretend all these deals aren't done before free agency opens. It's not like Denver picked up the phone at uh, three oh one Mountain Time and was like, DeAndre Jordan, we want you. Like, that's not that's not what happened. We got to get him. Yeah, like that's not what happened. Like, the everybody knows where everybody's going in the lead up to free agency. Everybody knows what everybody's going to sign for. Also, by the way, Harrison, you're dropping the most important part that you are reporting. 
there was other things going on at that moment in time, including a nuclear. I did report person. that. I did. I did. I, well, Cal, Calvin Booth was in Serbia in the lead up to free agency, but I don't think that really affected anything. Yeah. I'm just saying like there were other things that were, you know, going on at the time that were like, Hey, these are the top priorities. And the Deandre Jordan thing was just a thing that they kind of knew how this was going to shake out. So yeah. uh, anyway, it worked out. I'm, I'm on board with it. I'm excited for it. Why don't we take a break on the other side? There's breaking news in the NBA. DeAndre Jordan expected to sign an offer sheet from Indiana and Phoenix expected to match. We'll talk yeah. through all of that on the other side. It's, it's DeAndre. That'd be a big, a big offer sheet for our friend DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> did I say DeAndre Jordan? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. <laughs> Uh, FOCO, Colorado sports fans, your home for Denver sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandising collectibles. The, the DNVR has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, Buffs, Rapids, FOCO will have something for you or a loved one. Looking to get a gift for a diehard sports fan? They have officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids. And everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. FOCO has got you covered with the best Colorado merchandise. Head on over to FOCO.com or click the link below in the YouTube description for non-presale items. Use the promo code DNVR for 10% off. Uh, Also at DraftKings Sportsbook, the action never ends, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. If it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash it in. Tons of stuff to bet on right now. Baseball, golf, MMA, NBA, Summer League. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Make your first deposit. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Promo code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And we are back here with the homie Miroslav, Serbian corner coming in the final segment. But before we get there, some more breaking news. DeAndre Ayton has signed a, uh, or is ready to sign, apparently sometime later today, an offer sheet from the Indiana Pacers. This is the team that has been rumored all along to be interested in. A $133 million uh, extension. I believe it's the largest offer sheet in NBA history, according to Woj. Bigger than the Joe Harris offer sheet? That was an epic one. <laughs> um, the way it works is starting at midnight, the Suns would have, if he signs it today, the Suns would have starting at midnight 48 hours to match. Um, all reporting from Woj is that they plan to match that. They also have another, I don't know, eight hours, six hours, seven hours, whatever it is, to work out a sign-in trade for another team, if that's or even with the Indiana, should they want to do that. Um, so we'll see. I think the DeAndre Ayton saga is going to be coming to an end here. Um, I'll go to you first. Actually, I'll go to you first, Harrison. Are you surprised by this news, and, and how do you think this ends up shaking out? I mean, look, if, if the Suns don't sign this offer sheet and let them go for nothing. They can't. They can't. It would be like one of the biggest fumbling of the bags in NBA history. I mean, this guy was a number one pick. Is absolutely integral to your run to the finals last season. And you're going to let whatever happened during the last 82 games and a couple playoff series like come between that. They've got to match him, I think. But the problem is they got to match him, but... At this point, they can't roll into next season with them, so they got to trade them still. It's just a, a, a screwed up situation that Phoenix made themselves. Like, what is going on here? Like, what happened between DeAndre Ayton and the Suns? There's got to be so much more to this story that we don't know. The vibes can get so much worse than you think. You know what I mean? Like, we're a team. Like, there's things that happen in Denver, and people are like, this is a disaster. Using your number one pick on DeAndre Ayton, the number one overall pick, which Denver has never had, using that when you had a guy like Luca on the board is, first of all, frustrating, even though it worked out. They went to the finals. They had some things. But then having it work out and then having him get to his first contract extension and ruining that relationship so quickly and short order, it's another one where you're just like unbelievable. So I'm with you. 
by all accounts, the most likely outcome is that he is going to sign the offer sheet and the Suns are going to match and you're going to go into the season with DeAndre Ayton as your starting center. And he can be traded on December 15th then. That's when everything opens up. But he'll also have veto power for one year, meaning you can't just trade him to the Orlando Magic. If you trade him, he would have to sign off on the trade, which, again, hamstrings you to a certain extent. Even if he does want out, he's not going to let you just send him anywhere, most likely. Um, so and you can't trade him to Indiana, I don't think. <laughs> so, you would, yeah, well, there you go. So it's one other suitor. So the most likely outcomes for this are that the Suns are at least going to have to start the season with their same roster. And I don't know, like Miroslav, do you just looking at how this is going, I guess there's still the option that they work out a different sign and trade, maybe with somebody else or with Indiana, but it's looking more like this is a Phoenix Suns team that likely has peaked. I would say. I hate the Suns so much, man. I mean, what what they're doing to one of the nicest guys in the league? That's just just terrible. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Let me just... say one thing. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton wants... just wants to chill and play video games. He doesn't even want to play basketball. That's I was going nice to say. I think there are behind this. This is one of the things I learned at summer league, and I shouldn't say learned. I heard. I don't. The validity of him, we'll find out. But I think there's a reason more teams aren't in on him. When you look at the skill set, it's like the skill set is really good. It's a really interesting one. Why aren't more teams willing to go all in? There might be a reason that maybe teams don't buy that he is a winning caliber cornerstone piece. So he obviously was a winner in Phoenix, but that maybe if you're going to pay that kind of money, you want him to be like a tent pole of your team and a leader. And I think people don't believe him to be that. Yeah, you, you want to give your max money to a guy that can create for himself and not just be, you know, forced feed no. under the basket, something like that. But I, I don't know. I really like the guy. I think he's like a top five NBA center already, and he's what, like 23 right now, which which is really, really good. Uh, I think th that's the worst scenario if they just sign him and start playing him and then wait for December 15 and, and make some kind of disgusting trade and get actually better because of that trade. I don't know. If if there are no no more suitors for him than Indiana right now, how many more they will there will be on December 15? But definitely there will be more teams willing to trade for him instead of just signing him on on a on a uh, on a cap space because nobody has it but Indiana right now. So I don't know, man. I I think it's not good for for them right now, but but. I don't expect anything good to happen in the NBA, so I'm just so afraid that they will just get better somehow because of this, and I will just hate it even more. I don't think it's possible. Like, if he's back... First of all, let's just say he's back there and plays for one full season. Like, he, he's not brought in to be bought out or to be traded at December 15th, but to go. I just don't see it, man. Like, that is a team that did not end well last year that definitely felt like things had broken right for them for two years in a row. Like getting yeah. that kind of luck again, I just don't see. And then on top of that, would anybody really blame Aiton for not being wholly bought in next year? If it was like, hey, you yanked it around and now you just kind of own my rights and I have no say in any of this and you guys have all badmouthed me and I'm kind of like the unheralded one now in the organization. I just would be shocked if they got the A version of Aiton next year. I just, I can't picture it. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be shocked. Like, I feel like all along the worst case scenario was heading into next season with Aiton unhappy, but now it seems like it's the best case scenario because you've got to sign him. Right. So, you know, you got to match this offer sheet. Um, There's just got to be something else going on there that we don't know about. Like there's no way just what happened, you know, on the surface in that final playoff series is it there. There's gotta be some like deep down dark issues within the Phoenix Suns. And like, we know there's the whole Robert Sarver side of things, but there there's gotta be something else dark, like deep down in, in the Phoenix Suns organization that is just um, like divorcing uh, this marriage. It's interesting because Aiton definitely makes Phoenix the tougher matchup for Denver. Like he's the one piece, even them trading for Durant, it would suck, but there is still a path to me that goes, you know what? I don't know. We'll see what the pieces are, how many pieces Phoenix would have to give up. But if they have eight and they just have somebody that has given Jokic a hard time in the past. And so you think like on top of everything else they have, that makes them tough. So part of me thinks it's not the best scenario, but it's also not, it's also not, or it's not the worst scenario, but it's also not the best scenario. The best scenario is still them losing him to somebody else. 
being forced to do some kind of sign and trade with Indiana where they get back just a weaker package and you think, okay, they're even, they're even worse off. But do you just a real quick Miroslav is Phoenix still an obstacle to Denver next year? No. How big of an obstacle? No, 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 they're not. I mean, (laughs) they're, they're going to be a playoff team, but I'm not afraid of, of the Phoenix. I mean, all about the next season hinges on, on the health of Denver Nuggets. And, you know, knock on wood, I, I, I don't see anybody. You're this that... high right now. So be honest. You're this high on Denver next year. Yeah, but the caveat is so big, man. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't expect them to be healthy. That's that's the problem. Yeah. Okay. But if they are healthy, that's, that's just impossible to stop, I think. This is a time, though, when you've just got to be so thankful for Nico Jokic and the Nuggets culture. This would never happen in Denver. Knock on wood. Yeah. The, the Nuggets are so drama-free, and every other team around them is just blowing up right now. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it definitely, definitely is a nice thing. And also, I'll also say, again, Sarver, one of the worst owners. Like, some of this has to do with, like, Sarver's own cheapness. Um, and they have a very good team, and he just doesn't seem to care. You know, not that the Cronkies have been the best ever, but there is lower. There's levels to this stuff. Like that's that's part of sure. my big point is everybody just has to understand. There's levels to crappy ownership, and Denver's is like not the worst. Not the worst level, in my opinion. Um, bouncing around the NBA real quick, Donovan Mitchell picking up steam now headed to New York. This has been the league's worst kept secret. Donovan Mitchell was wanted to go to New York for the longest. Um, I look at Utah. Everybody, the Windhorse meme, his thing where he was doing. That brilliant two and a half minute little rant. What's lost in that meme is what he was actually saying, which was that Utah might be and almost certainly is starting a very long, slow re- rebuild. They're not just trying the, the Miami Heat rebuild, like we're going to be bad for a year, but we're going to turn around. This might be more of an Oklahoma City one that they're looking at, where it's like, hey, Utah might be a bottom four team in the West for three years, two, two, three seasons. And that might be by design. You look at this Donovan Mitchell news, I don't know if it's going to happen now or later, but it feels like it's going to happen probably now. And I, my biggest takeaway is I think Utah might be a doormat for most, if not all, of the remaining Jokic era, um, which to me is yeah. a sneaky good thing. Like that's sneaky yeah. great if you can just eliminate one team from your division. Um, that's my big takeaway. What about you, Miroslav? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good organization. I mean, I, I understand Denver Nuggets fans hate Utah Jazz, but Utah Jazz was a franchise that was handled really well for a lot of decades right now. So having them being in being in like OKC 2.1, 2.0 mode, that's that's great. That's great news for for the Nuggets. And it's just the Knicks are, are being Knicks if they really want to to take Donovan Mitchell next next to to Jalen Brunson and make that super small backcourt like like a copy of of uh, backcourt they had in utah before i mean donovan mitchell is a really really awesome player that will that will lead you to the first round exit every year so even even in the east i'm not sure they can pass the first round even in the east with him as a, their best player yeah they're gonna have to build through the draft like okc because there's not a free agent out there, not even DeAndre Ayton, who's going to sign in Utah. Like That's just not going to happen. So they're going to have to build through the draft like Oklahoma City. And yeah, this this is setting up for a long, hard rebuild, I think, for Jazz fans, which sucks. The Northwest Division now, uh, let's get into a little division talk, oh, but the Northwest it. Division now, the Nuggets are in such a clear tier by themselves like it really hasn't been this way for a while, I feel like. And then you've probably got Minnesota a tier below. And then I'd even say Portland a tier below that. And then like three, four tiers below that, you're going to have the Thunder and Jazz. So, I mean, there's some real parity in this division now, I feel like. Yeah, it might it might work out. We'll see if Denver – I think Denver is also a tier of their own in the Northwest Division. I will say this, though. This is yeah. the Victor Wambayama st- sweepstakes. We got two teams that might be in the in the running for that, Oklahoma City and Utah. Makes me a little uncomfortable. And I would say there's a real sweet irony. I don't I'm not rooting for it, but it would be kind of hilarious to lose Gobert and replace him with with Victor. Like just to get the new slash real Eiffel stifle, stifle tower 
It would, it would be like a real it's irony the, to the, that. The Stifler Tower. It, also, I almost feel like it would set up Victor W. poorly if he goes to Utah oh, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, it's just go bear again. You know, like he's. It's okay. By the time Victor Wembanyama's ready, the Nuggets will be on like the third round of a three-peat. So it's all good. There you go. All right. I'll take that as well. Um, one thing about this DeAndre 8 news that I think is most interesting who are the suitors for the Kevin Durant sweepstakes? We know that it has been Phoenix, and now I still think that's possible, just more likely to happen in December 15th than any other time, although let's hold our breath and see what happens. But there's been some momentum lately from the big newsbreakers, including Brian Windhorst, that maybe KD is headed back to the Bay. I think apparently Steph Curry is putting on the full court press right now to be like, hey, man, how dope would it be if you just came back here and we kicked everyone's ass again for another three years? And I got to say, to me, it's the one darkest timeline by a mile of, of all of this because I truly believe Denver is going to have a two- or three-year run of the best basketball in their franchise history. And I truly believe they're capable of beating just about anyone. But the Golden State Warriors back with Kevin Durant is one team that you look at. Could they beat him? Yes. I'm not giving up on any of it. But it would suck. That's a team that didn't, was never challenged. It's also the dumbest story the NBA has ever told. Like, <laughs> I can't believe we, we had that era. It was so lame. He, Kevin Durant left. His, the Warriors won without him, and now he would go back. To me, it would be the weakest move in the history of the NBA. But I'm telling you guys, it's more likely or it feels more likely than it felt a month ago and i'm sitting here reading the tea leaves going please don't let this happen miroslav do you are you watching this and feeling the exact same way always ex expect the worst thing possible <laughs> i mean it's just yeah. the, the way nba is and i mean if that happens just shut down the league for three three years just give them three trophies and then come back with Jokic at the age 30 and let, let him play in mega for three years be close to his courses and then come back and dominate when when all the guys are too old in the in the in the golden state it's it's just it's just terrible i mean as you said it's not impossible for for the nuggets to beat them because you know steph should be losing a half a step sometime soon i don't know man i mean he's not a giant guy the smaller guys tend to 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 age worse than the bigger guys but I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, he's so good. He's so good, and Draymond has lost his his uh, athleticism, but he's still so good. And and I don't know how the fuck is KD still so good after the Achilles and everything. It's just those guys are just aliens. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I I, I would hate that so much, and hopefully we'll not be seeing it. I would lose a lot of faith in the basketball gods if that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I like the basketball that, gods. That would have nothing to... with, with basketball gods. I mean, that would be against basketball gods. Right, but to... if, if KD went back there and then somehow they won a championship, I feel like the basketball gods should be able to prevent that championship from happening. If they have any power left in them, they should be able to step in. But um, yeah, that'd be rough. Do you see it happening? The only reason I could see it happening is because I feel like this happens a lot when these big name guys demand trades and eventually the list where they could go, the destinations that they could go to just kind of dwindles and dwindles and dwindles. And yeah. then a team like the Warriors in, is sitting there and they just go, why the fuck not? You know? <laughs> Well, they have the ability to do it just because they right. have the Andrew Wiggins contract. So you're already there yeah. with the contract matching. And then, yeah, you just have enough assets that you could be like, all right, you get all of our young players. We don't care. We're going to, we don't need a bench. Yeah. Um, like you you talk about all the teams that could trade for Durant and eventually the list gets, you know, lower and lower. Like, oh, New Orleans would be awesome. Kevin Durant and Zion, the Pelicans, like, they're probably just not going to do that. Um, it's it just like that list dwindles and dwindles and suddenly there are only x amount of teams that can make that play and the warriors are, are one of them the warriors are one of the teams that can do that yeah it would to me it would be the weekend like i don't know what katie's doing i really don't like he's he's such, he seems like he's spiraling out of control in so many ways and if he went back honestly like he got swept you know made the play in and now he's online telling meg or maggie that you know her dishes or whatever is making like he's just spiraling out of control where it's like 
you're pushing back on the way people talk about you. But if you made this move, how could you possibly say it was to like push yourself to be the best or like this would be such a cop out move. But there's just it would to me, it would be black and white in that way. So for him to do it would be the craziest thing. Um, but let's just hold our breath and hope it doesn't. Last one real quick, Harrison. Would you make a lopsided trade for KD to prevent him from Golden Golden State? Like if you're Denver and you see that trade happening, and remember, Brooklyn doesn't have a veto power or, or KD doesn't have a veto power. They could trade him wherever. Would you be like, are our odds better with Denver and the team that we built? Or would we trade half of that away just to put KD and Jokic together, knowing that the auxiliary benefit is the Warriors don't get to add him to their roster? Yeah, it's worth a thought. Um, but no, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. On the other <laughs> side, let's get educated for our trip to Serbia from Miroslav, who has a very important lesson for us. Very important on the other side. <laughs> Uh, the American Raptors, the American Raptors, their rugby town, USA's newest rugby team. They are made up of athletes who have competed at the highest levels of their respective sports. They come from backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field. They've all been put together on this American Raptors rugby team, and they're revolutionizing the sport. American Raptors games are free. They're free. You can go to AmericanRaptors.com to grab a ticket for the upcoming season. They play at Infinity Park in Glendale. If you can't make a game, AmericanRaptors.com will be streaming all of them from their website. Uh, so make sure to check it out. Also check out the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Uh, also, our next sponsor here, Athletic Greens. This is a product that I use literally every day because... I wanted more energy in my daily life. I wanted an optimized immune system. I hated taking pills and vitamins as well. Athletic Greens, one delicious scoop of it. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens as well. It's friendly with every diet. If you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, Athletic Greens works with that. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day of Athletic Greens. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash nuggets, athleticgreens.com slash nuggets. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, back here, segment three. This is where I hand the reins to the tan one, Miroslav. What do you got for us? Welcome to the Serbian corner. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay, we are getting more serious every week. We've been no, on a two-week two, two hiatus, and now we are getting closer to the main event of this September, and that is the Serbian national team playing at the Eurobasket, and this is the course for Novi's FIBA basketball fans. Okay. First of all, some ge general things. FIBA Eurobasket 2022 tournament will be held from September 1st to September 18th in four cities for the first stage, Prague in Czech Republic, where Serbia will play, Tbilisi in Georgia, not that Georgia, Köln in Germany, Milan in Italy. Not and... that Georgia. <laughs> and with, yes, the final, <laughs> with the final 16th stage in Berlin, Germany. Fun fact, I've only been to two of these five cities, so that's bad on me. Hopefully it will be Prague better. and Milan. No, actually, it's, it's Milan and Köln. Oh, Köln is oh, a beautiful... Uh, French-German city. It's called Cologne if you're French, and it's Köln if you're German. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, they're playing in Prague. All right. There you go. That's a, that's a good Yes, first, one. first five games in Prague, and then uh, in every group, there are four groups with six teams, and top four teams in every group are going to the top 16 stage, which is one game eliminations, which is the beautiful, the most beautiful part of basketball if you stick with a one-game elimination throughout the tournament, it's just okay. the best guy wins every time. Serbian national team. 
Okay, first of all, head coach Svetislav Pešić, he is in his age 72, that's pretty close to George Hall. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but coach Pešić won a game against George Hall in 2002 in, in Indianapolis. I, can, I, I don't, I don't, I don't recall mention ever that. mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, he, he is a veteran, he is a really experienced coach. And uh, Is he a good coach though, Miroslav? Is he a good coach? Well, Okay, so so this is the thing. He's been coaching national teams only three times so far. First time it was in 1993 with Germany. He won the Eurobasket gold. Then in 2001 with Yugoslavia, he won again Eurobasket gold. And then he won the FIBA World Cup in 2002. What so, kind of coach is he? Iron uh, no, I mean he he is a, you know he's coaching the the, the clubs <laughs> all around Europe. And these are the only the only national team he was coaching, as far as I remember. He was also the coach of the Yugoslav uh, under twenty two team back in Borneo in nineteen eighty seven that that won the world gold by by a landslide against you know some lesser teams like USA and and so on. Okay, let's go now to the guards of this team, Coach Pesic. Gave us 22 guys he will be counting on for this Eurobasket. So out of these 22 guys, he will select 12 guys for the main tournament. We don't have okay. 15 guys, un unfortunately, which would be much better, especially for, for a team like Serbia, because we usually have some injury problems and having some extra bodies would be great. But unfortunately, no. So guards, first one. Vasa Micic, you've, you've ah, heard of this guy, right? Yes. yes. So he's a 28 years old, six foot five, point guard, shooting guard, two time EuroLeague MVP. But you know what? It's not a big deal. I mean, if you're two time MVP, it's not a big deal in Serbia. Let's see him be become a three time MVP. It's not like nobody's done it ever. So, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Next one. Miloš Telesic, you know this guy as well. He's now playing in Virtus in Bologna in Italy. He's 35. He's 6'5". And he's actually... He is 35, but he's moving like he's 48. So so hopefully he won't be playing in too many minutes on this year um, basket. But we'll see. Has he been and, any good since he left the NBA? Is, is oh, he he's still like, good? No, he's actually also consecutive two-time MVP of a lesser... Oh. European uh, okay. uh, championship called the, the Euro Cup. Ah. So he, he's been playing really well on a slightly lower level competition. Okay. And the third point guard on the team, Ognjan Jaramaz, who is playing in Bayern Munich in Germany. He's 26, uh, six foot four. And I think this guy can, can, uh, can also be on the final team because you really need three point guards on your team. Although there is a fourth guy right here who is Alexa Vramovic, who plays for Partizan Belgrade in Serbia, who is 27 and 6'4". This guy can also play some point guard as well. So we'll see. He might be the, the, the third selection. For I forgot. Are you Partizan or Red Star? Oh, come on, man. I'm Partizan. Bro, come on. Come on. <laughs> come, come on. I'm just trying to find your bias in all of this. So, okay, I got it. <laughs> I'm not really biased here. I really am not because Partizan has been sucking for many years now. So I don't expect a lot of Partizan guys on this squad, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. They're getting better. They're getting better. They should be really good this season with, with coach Reljko Bradovic. Okay, next one. Vanya Marinkovic, another Partizan Belgrade guy. Funny that you asked. Okay, so he's now playing for Basconia in España. This is what the uh -huh. ESP stands for. He's 25 and 6'6". Six, six. You will you will see these guys are pretty long. We don't yeah, have... Did, did Calvin Booth put together this team or what? <laughs> yeah. The only problem is, 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 you know, he's just a bunch of white guys. So that's a problem. But other than that, they're so long. They're so, so, so big. So I, I like that. I like that feature. Okay, next one. Nemanja Nedović. He he used to play in the NBA in Minnesota Timberwolves uh, several years ago. Now he moved to Crvena Zvezda in Serbia. So what you gonna do? Yeah, in Crvena Zvezda. Why not? He's 31. He's 6'3". He's the shortest guy on this list. So he might not be on the list because he's from Crvena Zvezda. Okay, next time. Next guy. Marko Guduric. This is a guy that's expected to 
he 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 was shortly in the NBA in Memphis a couple of years ago. He is now a star in Fenerbahce in Turkey, one of like top five European clubs right now. He's 27 and he's six six uh, guard, so also a pretty big one. And now we move to the forwards, and the forwards, as you can guess, are even bigger. First one, Ognjen Dobric from Crvena Zvezda. Yeah, in Serbia, he is also 27. He is six seven. He is uh, like a three two combo, like like a wing more than a forward. But you get the idea. Next one, Dan Davidovac in CSKA in Moscow right now. He was in. Red Star Belgrade last year, unfortunately. Okay, so this guy is also 27. He's also 6'8". Pretty big guy. He's the only, I would say, pure small forward on this team. Uh, just just one thing I want, I want you guys to remember. Look at these guys' names because they might be some kind of a pop quiz later on. Oh, my God. No, no. <laughs> oh, no. Please. Another I guy. Do a single one. Another guy you've heard of, Nikola Jovic. From Miami Heat in the USA, he was in Mega Basket last year. He is 19. He's 6'10, and he really is more of a small forward than a power forward. But we'll see, we'll see what he will be in both uh, uh, Miami Heat and if he can, if he can manage to be among 12 guys on the Eurobasket. I really hope he will. Do you think he'll really make the team? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, back in the 80s, we also we, we always had like a couple of guys who were 18, 19, 20, 20 years old on the team. You know, just the token guys that are supposed to, to be the, the main guys in a couple of years. So they, they just get, you know, uh, cultivated on time. So I hope, mm-hmm. I hope it will happen for Nikolajovic this year because he's really talented. Next one, Nikola Kalinic. He was in Crvena Zvezda last year, and now he's going to Barcelona in España. He's 30 years old. He's 6'8". He's more of a combo forward, so like a small forward slash power forward. Next one, Vladimir Lutic, who plays for Bayern Munich in Germany. He is 33 years old. He's a very experienced guy. He's 6'8". He's also a combo forward, small forward, power forward. Now, oh yeah, the, here he is. There all the go. guys, you see, all the guys. I I use the pictures from the Serbian national team. Of course, I I, I just couldn't you not use to. this. This is the greatest picture of all time. All time. So Alexei Pokushevsky, who I I'm, I I have to tell you guys, I'm really high on on Pokushevsky's future. I really am. I'm shocked. So I'm <laughs> no, no, I I really am. I I I wasn't. I wasn't as high as I am right now i i think if he just gains like a tw- 20 pounds in the next two years he can be a really good partner to 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 chet holdman we'll see we'll see asking actually asking alexi pokashevsky to gain 20 pounds is like asking me to grow six inches just not happening Dude. just not happening we'll see We'll see. Come on. I Tell love this. Seven foot and 20 pounds. Is that what that means? No, no it's, it's 20, 20 years. I think he's, oh, okay. he's, he's oh. above 180 pounds for sure. Okay. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Okay. One of the last forwards, Alan Smilagic. You know this guy from Golden State Warriors, the famous Smiley. He played for parties on Belgrade last year. Great season for him. He is 21. He is 6'10". He is more of a big than a forward. He's like a power forward slash center. But in European basket, in FIBA basketball, you can say that he's more of a power forward than a center because you you get a, a couple of bigs on the team quite often in Europe still. Next one. <laughs> okay. Mar- Marko Jagodic Kurija. He is 35. He's 6'9". He is also like a power forward center. I mean, he's 35, he looks like he's 47, but he's really good. He was really good for Serbia national team in these World Cup qualifying games that were really hard to play because all of the guys were missing. And he was he was delivering quite well. I don't think he will be on the team, but it's Probably good not. that no. it's good that he is a long shot for sure. He is yeah. on this on this list. Next one, Borisha Simonic, another guy I don't expect to be on the on the national team for the Eurobasket. He played in Mega Basket last year, but before that he was in Crvena Zvezda. So, you know, he's not really good. So, yeah. 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 
he is 24, he is 6'11, another long boy, more of a power forward than a small forward. Okay. Next one, Nemanja oh, Bjelica, yeah. NBA champion oh. Nemanja Bjelica. Former NBA player, yep. Yep, now in Fenerbahce, Turkey, and he is back on the place where he used to be the uh, EuroLeague MVP. He was that back back in the day when he was playing for Fenerbahce. And he is also more of a forward than a center in, in uh, FIBA basketball, but I really hope he won't be playing next to Nikola Jokic because that would be too slow of a, a front court. I hope he will be actually Nikola Jokic's substitute playing for 10-15 minutes. And that would be my preferred role for him. He's still a great player and I want him on this team, of course. Next one, Filip Petrushev. You remember him from last year? He was uh, a draft pick last year. Last okay. year. He had a season in FS in Turkey, in the, in the EuroLeague champion FS. He had a pretty nice start of the season, but uh, then he just fell out of rotation. Afterwards, uh, the question mark here is because he probably won't be staying in the FS after this year. He might come to Partizan Belgrade. We'll see. Okay. All he right. is also Mishko's guy, so we'll see where Mishko will send him. And now we get to the centers, the, <laughs> the, best, the best part <laughs> of the team. First one, Nikola Milutinov. Look uh. at this face. So this guy has been playing for the national team since he was like 18. He's super experienced at the age of only 27. He's a seven-footer. He is a, a, like a top three center in EuroLeague for like last almost 10 years he's really good he he can also be of course the substitute of Nikola Jokic I pray to God he will not be playing next to Nikola Jokic is this the guy Miroslav who pushed Jokic to power forward and um no that was the bearded guy Radulovic or whatever yeah Radulica yeah yeah well Radulica that's right yeah they've been playing three three centers uh, on on that tournament my my bad bad. yeah yeah but but Honestly, Milutino was already back then better than Radulica, but Radulica had a special feature of playing awesomely for the national team, and then he would just joke around while playing playing in China or in Japan or something like that. So, yeah, Nikola Milutino, a very, very solid uh, uh, center, and he will probably be in the last 12. Another guy, Dusan Ristic in Fuenlabrada in España. I don't think he will be uh, making the final cut. He is also a seven-footer, age 26. Another guy, a chubby guy from... from 6'11", get that out of here. Uh, I mean, I mean, man, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking. What? I know he he's... listed that way. Like, I stand next to him. There's no way. He's seven feet, man. He was never seven feet. I was, I was really surprised he was listed as a seven-footer because, you know, back in Europe, he was, he was like, like, uh, 208 centimeters, which is like 610, and then you add a couple of you know centimeters, one inch because of the shoes or something like that. I don't think he was ever a seven footer, but I respect your opinion, even though I think it's wrong. Okay, so Nikola Jokic, he is playing for Denver Nuggets, and it's it's spelled wrongly here on purpose. And yeah, I think he should be a guy that the uh, Serbian national teams play should revolve around and we'll see if I'm right. And the last but not the least, Balša Koprivica from Partizan Belgrade in Serbia. He is a young guy. He is a token guy. I don't think he will make the final cut, but he is 7-1. He is 22 and he is the son of Partizan uh, legend uh, Slavisa Koprivica. So I wish all the best for him in the future. I love it. Is this team? Oh, all right. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Okay. 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 Bef- before we start the pop quiz, what did you want to ask? Well, I was going to say, like, how, how do you think these guys all approach Jokic playing? Like, I know in your world, he's not the best Serbian, but like, there is a little bit. I have to imagine there's no, no, a no, little no, bit no. of like, no, no. wait, wait. I, 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 I'm I, just teasing you. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. You got to keep it moving. <laughs> but there's got to be a little bit of like, you know, it's Michael Jordan, you know, coming to play on the team. Like, he's, significantly better than the second best player on this roster, like more so than say team USA, even who has, you know, some great players, but they have other great players too. Like, is there a weirdness now knowing that this is a team that actually has a singular best player? Good thing about it is uh, coach Pesic is known to trust his guys 
and to lean on his best guys more than some other coaches from from former Yugoslavia. For instance, back in 2002, he was leaning heavily on Peja Stojkovic and Vlade Divac. Funny story about that World Cup is that actually Vlade Divac didn't want to play for that uh, uh, tournament because he was already 35 and he, he was tired and everything. But then like Prime Minister of Serbia back then called Vlade and asked him, please, man, we need this gold more than ever. So he, he finally changed his mind. So he was playing like Sacramento Kings basketball back in 2002. So I really hope I really hope that Coach Pesic, even though he's now 20 years older than back then, he will also lean into, into Nikola Jokic as his best player. And I'm optimistic. If you see the, the, the squad I just showed you, there were like three veterans on this team that you can call slow. And I don't think they, they match with Nikola Jokic basketball too well. But the other guys are in their prime. There is a lot of runners there, a lot of uh, solid defenders for FIBA basketball level as well. So I am optimistic right now. I'm sad that Bo- Bogdan Bogdanovic is not playing, but eh, what, what are you going to do? We what don't do have mean? all the guys in, in any year, so this is this is as best. Yeah, I mean, as Bo- Bogdan, as... uh, or, or at least Boban not playing is is a little insight into Nikola Jokic doesn't have full, a lot of pull on the roster. That's, that's my takeaway from it, at least. Listen, I I'm pretty sure Nikola would love to have to have uh, uh, Boban on the training camp just to make jokes, but but it's not a good idea to have Boban next right. to Nikola if you want to win the goal. Let's, let's right do now. a pop quiz. Yeah, pop quiz. Okay, name the player. Oh, I will wow. show you the picture, and you will tell me his name. Question number one. Harrison, you starts. You start. Oh, Who is this ah, guy? Ah, that is Milos Tedosic. Nice. Very good. Nailed it. Very good. Two points for Harrison. Adam, question number two. Who is this guy? Oh, that's Alexei Pokushevsky. Got it. <laughs> it's even written on the image. I'm so bad at this, man. I'm so bad. <laughs> okay, two points for Adam as well. Harrison, question number three. Who is this guy? Oh, it's easy that is Nemanja Bielica. Another Nemanja easy Bielica is, is correct. Okay, it might get a bit tougher. That's <laughs> what I knew, so yeah. <laughs> Adam. Question Ni- number Nietzsche. four. Who is this guy? Ah, damn it. Uh, let's okay. see. Oh, that's... I think Adam. it's... Um, you can Sergei... ask for help. Sergei... <laughs> a, Do you want little... some help? Uh, yeah, a little help. That's, I, you... Can I take a guess? Can I take a guess? Yeah. Is that is it. that Lucic? Uh, what's his first name? Sorry. That's I, I don't enough. know. Does it matter? <laughs> no? Yeah. Are you gonna put it in Cyrillic? Are you gonna? Of like, course, remember? this. Okay. Okay. Is so it? this this is the help. <laughs> is he Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, Vladimir Lucic, <laughs> Vladimir Tkachenko, <laughs> or Vladimir Tsuk? Uh Lucic. You got it. Vladimir Lucic is correct. Oh. One point for you, Adam, because you've used. The help. So it's 4-3 okay. for Harrison. Question right. number five. Last round. Harrison, who is this guy? <laughs> Do you want help? I don't yeah. I, I, I need, I know. Yeah. I need the multiple choice. Yeah, this is the okay. fourth string point guard. He's probably, you know, maybe making the team. That's, That's pretty good. Jimmy Chiski, Ognjan Yaramaz, Vuk Drashkovic, Lech Valenza. Or Vojislav Medic. I know this one. I think this is Ognjen Yarmas. Oh, very good. Very good, Harrison. Oh, very good. All right. So that's 5-3. And now Adam has to answer with a help to tie. Are you ready? Question Let's number go. six. Who is this oh. guy? Let, let's just <laughs> <jump. like> <laughs> <laughs> Um, Let's move to help. That's, right? Hold on. That's Dayan. <laughs> Dayan, I don't know. Okay, here are the options. Not even close. Kalina Nikolic, Kalina Kovacevic, Nikola Kalinic, Nikola Nikolic. I think it's three. Nikola Kalinic. Yeah, very I good. Think so too. Very yeah. good. And you've deserved a very honorable loss from Harrison. <laughs> so five four. It was pretty close. It was pretty close. And it was just a matter of who will start first. Uh, Next yeah. week, 
Oh, what Next is oh God. Oh, I can't wait. What is it? Serbia's <laughs> top five sea resorts. I love that you call them sea resorts. <laughs> Not even beach resorts. Sea resorts. Perfect. I can't wait. Very excited for that. Uh, one. I gotta actually be off next Friday. Forgot to tell you guys. <laughs> Takes coughing out. Uh, Kale, take us to some super chats. Gordon Glasner says sixty nine ninety nine. Huge big timer. Random money to spend in Serbia. Have fun, fellas. Gordon. Thank you, Gordon. Appreciate it, man. Through. Always coming through for the apps too, man. Gordon, he's he's spreads the love the love around, man. Uh, we appreciate that so much, man. Dylan Smith says. For 10 bucks says, pray KD doesn't go to Golden State. How do we feel about Donovan Mitchell coming to us? Um, first part, absolutely. Just pray he doesn't go there. D- don't do it, KD. Don't be the lamest player that ever stepped foot in the NBA arena. Just don't ever do it. Nobody will ever respect you. Just don't do it. Um, Donovan Mitchell coming to Denver. I don't really feel one way or another about it. Denver doesn't need him. He's not a great defender. What do you need the offense for? So it doesn't really make sense to me other than it'd be dope, but I don't think it would be championship dope. Just yeah and what are you giving up for him jamal murray doesn't make sense yeah i i don't think he makes denver that much better of a team honestly i really don't yeah so so there's that that does it for today guys tomorrow we are back with a post game show post game show the nuggets play at four o'clock so we'll be live around 5 6 o'clock right after the game breaking it down we need a palate cleanser from yesterday yesterday it just was it was kind of an uninspiring Nuggets summer league game. I need an inspiring one heading into the weekend. So hopefully Peyton Watson, Christian Brown deliver. I know my guy Colin Gillespie is going to deliver. He, oh, he yeah, always delivers, but we might need a little bit more. Ismail Kamagate, one of those guys to step up. Hit that like button on the way out, everybody. See you tomorrow.